Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. In the market for investment worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry? Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, before we get started today, I wanted to let you know that next week on December 8th, I'm hosting a free workshop called How to Do the Work. If you've been doing all the self-help things, the affirmations, the meditations, reading the books, listening to the podcast, but you're not where you want to be in your love life, then this workshop is for you. In the workshop, I'm going to walk you through my three-step process. I take all my clients through so that they can see the tangible change in their love lives. And this process really works no matter where you are in your love life or personal growth journey. It's a very specific process, but it's also broad enough that it applies to a vast array of situations and stages of life, stages of growth, etc. So whether you're new to this kind of work or you've been plugging away at it for a while, this workshop will help you see how you can put all the pieces together so that things become more clear and you have a clear path to move forward in the direction that you want. So I'm really, really excited to get this to you. And I'm really excited to get this to you just before the holiday season. You know, we're heading into the holidays at the time that I'm releasing this episode. And I know all of the feelings can just feel kind of amplified this time of year. And sometimes that can be really challenging. And so while that's not the most comfortable feeling in the world, I also know that it's actually a really potent time to dive into the feelings as opposed to run away from them, um, because that will actually allow for a lot of healing opportunity so that by the time the new year rolls around, you'll feel in a better place and a new place to really begin to then see some tangible change in your love life. So again, the link to register for free is veronicagrant.com forward slash do the work. We will put that link in the show notes and you can, so you can tap there, or again, you can go to the link veronicagrant.com forward slash do the work, and I will see you next Thursday. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 337 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be in your earbuds again this week. And I think you're really, really going to get a lot out of this episode. Talking about getting over an ex and what I think a lot of other dating advice and relationship advice misses is one of my favorite things to talk about with clients and honestly on the show and just in general. Um, before we get there, I just want to take a quick reminder to please leave a rating or review wherever you listen to this podcast. Um, specifically, Apple Podcasts is you know still the dominating platform, so that re- reviews there are super super helpful. But Spotify is becoming increasingly important too, so if you listen there. Um, just a quick, you know, top of the stars is super great. And then on Apple Podcasts, you have the opportunity to leave a quick review. It really, really helps to get the show out in front of more women. And the other thing that really helps is when you share specific episodes with people in your life that you know 
are going through something that I'm talking about in the episode. Obviously, there's no way for me to measure or track this. So I can only trust or I have to trust that this is happening. And I do know it has happened because people tell me that they share the episodes or someone share an episode with them. So for that, I am forever grateful. And I just want to remind you to keep doing that because it really does help me. But I also think it genuinely will help the person that you are sharing the episode with. So I just can't thank you enough for your ratings and reviews. And then of course, sharing episodes um, that are specific to things that are going on in other people's life that you know. Okay, so today my caller Sophie is struggling because she hasn't been able to get over her ex. She was married to him for 12 years. And when they finally divorced, her ex started dating someone less than a week later. You can imagine she's hurt and she's confused to say the very least. And because of how everything ended, she can't even imagine dating again, trusting again, or even believing if love is real. So in today's episode, I walk her through the steps she needs to take in order to get to that place to be able to trust again, which will help her then to then date again and then trust and believe that love in the relationship that she wants is out there. I truly, at the bottom of my heart, deepest mirror of my bones, believe it but I can't believe something for a client. The good news is, is that there is a process that you can go through to help. And getting over an ex is one of my favorite things to talk about. And this is not to like belittle truly difficult emotions that, you know, obviously are associated with getting over an ex, but I'm really, maybe not favorite thing that maybe that's not the right way, but it's like, I'm really passionate. That's the better way of putting it. I'm really passionate about this because I think this is, a misunderstood topic. And honestly, a lot of relationship advice out there around getting over an ex is, um, it really applies to the acute phase of getting over an ex. And the acute phase is something that we're probably all familiar with, which is the breakup just happened and you're feeling the initial emotions that come with that. So anger, sadness, frustration, confusion, I don't know, general what the fuckness, like whatever emotions coming up, that's the first phase. Um, There's not a lot to do during that phase other than to take really good care of yourself and to allow yourself to feel those feelings. But then there's the second phase of getting over an ex. And this is the phase where you know you don't want to be with this person anymore. It's not like you're trying to get them back, but that relationship is still fucking with you. It's still messing with you. It's making it hard for you to trust yourself or trust other people that you go out with, or you can't shake you know, what happened in that relationship and you're terrified of that happening again. That's when you have to move into the second phase of getting over an ex. And this is where I think a lot of people just aren't aware. So I'm so excited to dive into this episode with Sophie and then make sure you listen to the end of the episode after I hang up with Sophie, uh, because I'm just going to kind of bullet point all of the steps to take to move through the second phase of getting over an ex. All right, so let's get started. Hi, Sophie. Welcome to the show. How can I help today? So I separated from my husband um, about a year ago, and actually we uh, the divorce came through in about April, so four months ago. And the marriage was over for a long time. You know, it was kind of my decision to go our separate ways. But almost immediately, within a week, uh, my now ex-husband met his new partner, who he has been with ever since. Their relationship moved very quickly. She moved in with him after a couple of months. And it's basically left me in a position where I feel like love doesn't exist. My whole 12-year marriage was a complete fake. And I really, really just want to get on with my life and, you know, find love again and be happy. But I just can't get past the fear Okay, so the fear of what? Dating again? Yeah, yeah I mean, I guess it's, the, I, I, it's left me feeling like, you know, that this person who was supposed to be my life partner, who was supposed to love me, didn't, or at very least was able to forget that within a matter of days. And I just don't know how to start again. And I, I don't, I think it's maybe, I don't know how to trust someone, you know, because if someone says they love you, like, how do you even know whether they do? Or mm. is it even worth it for the 
potential pain, but just the whole idea of getting involved with someone can cause. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So a couple things, and then I want to dive into something, but a couple things mm-hmm. you're like, you know, you know how the, the saying is, I don't know if it is in the UK, but like, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, you're like three or four bridges away. Like, what if someone says, I love you? Can I trust that? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's telling me a couple things. One, it's telling me that ultimately you don't trust yourself because you know how to trust or you trusting yourself helps you determine whether or not someone else is trustworthy. You don't just like see someone's behavior and like, I think I can trust that. And like, it's like a shot in the dark. Like you have your own gut reactions to, does this feel genuine? Does this feel real? Does this feel true? Mm. And then you decide if it feels true or not. And then you could trust that person or not. Right. So whenever you're talking about like, I don't know if I can trust that, then you got to look back at your own self-trust. Okay. (laughs) And that's certainly part of this, but I think what's eroding your self-trust is you're looking at this relationship and you're like, was it all a lie? Was it all a fake? And I just have to wonder, like, is there this part of you of like, why did I stay? Or what did I miss? Or what was wrong with me to stay? Or why did I end up in this relationship? Is there anything like that going on in your mind? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess I feel like, you know, I fought a really long time for the marriage. You know, I probably, I probably knew he wasn't right for me four or five years before we eventually sort of called it quits. Yeah. But, you know, I, I did love him and we were together for a long time and we've got children together and, yeah, you know, we'd, we'd made a life and we'd planned a future together. And I guess the fact that he seemed to give that up so easily yeah. when I fought for it so hard just makes me think that I'm a completely terrible judge of character and I just don't, I don't know anything anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So again, that goes back to self-trust. So there's lots of emotion here. So whatever needs to come out, you can come out. Um, Once we hang up here, I definitely encourage you to have like a good cry session. I would also encourage you to have like a, an adult temper tantrum where you, if, if, if you've got some privacy where you just yell, scream, hit pillows, cause you've got lots of emotion and that's okay. Right. Like I know it feels like it's been a year and whatever you should move on and et cetera. However, I think there's a lot of feelings still here. I mean, this is like captain obvious here. There's obviously <laughs> a lot of feelings here um, and they've got to come out. Okay. You're not wasting more time on this relationship by acknowledging your feelings and giving yourself space for the feelings. You're allowing yourself to actually move on because by denying them or being like, I shouldn't feel like this, he's moved on or whatever, that just prolongs the process. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. Um, How did you know the relationship was finished? What were the patterns? What were the issues going on? I couldn't, well, if ever I tried to talk about how I was, how I was feeling, you know, any concerns, just even just day-to-day stuff we disagreed on, like, you know, to do with the kids and stuff, it would always be completely dismissed. You know, I was crazy or I was overreacting or I was being silly or dramatic. He wasn't really a very big believer in like, you know, mental health. I haven't had mental health issues or anything, but I do have feelings and emotions and he really didn't able to, you know, he wasn't able to express them, whether he has them or not is still debatable, I suppose. Um, but yeah, so that, that was always a bit of a, I mean, I, I came to see us as being quite incompatible, mainly because of that, because of that lack of communication. And again, that was something he would say, well, I think we're compatible, so there isn't a problem here. Yeah, just differences in the way we wanted to raised children differences in our outlook towards finances you know I guess it's fairly classic relationship stuff and it wasn't we never had massive massive disagreements but it was the the sum of all the small things I think that made me think hmm we're not quite right I want to go back to I mean, yes, people can have disagreements around raising children, money, all that stuff. And sometimes if it's not addressed beforehand, then you're like, you're dealing with the money, you're dealing with the kids. Yeah, that can be a lot. But I want to go back to something else you said about how it sounds like your emotions and feelings were just disregarded. And he even said the the C word, the crazy word. So at best, that feels like a little bit of, you know, gaslighting, like low key, at least maybe more extreme. I don't know. And so to me, that just tells me that there's probably some more unhealthy 
behaviors, patterns, interactions that you that you had that you may not realize because it just felt normal. And so the reason why I want to say this is because him going off into another relationship, I know that's hurtful. And like, you have every right to feel angry, sad, mad, grief, like whatever it is, like that's hurtful no matter what. But I just want you to know that those kinds of behaviors to me exhibit some sort of his own, like, un... he's just an adult of stuff is what I'm trying to say. And I'm not sure that that new relationship is a relationship to be jealous over because those things don't just like disappear. Yeah. And I know that doesn't really solve it. But I just want to give you another reframe. Cause I just wonder if you think like, well, obviously it meant nothing to him. And now he's like, you know, happy in this new relationship, but I'm sure he's like happy for what he's capable of. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't really got any doubt that he's changed you know, I don't think he's really capable of self-reflection in order to kind of learn from this experience and and make those changes. But I think it's it's more the way it's left me feeling, you know, this whole completely unable to trust my own judgment of people and my own concept of what love is and what relationships are about. Let me ask you this. Did, did this relationship with him, the dynamics, does it remind you of, you know, and you listen to the podcast, so you're familiar with at least conceptually with, with inner child work. Does this remind you of what you either saw or experienced yourself growing up? No, I, I, I don't think so. And I, you know, I do listen to the podcast, so I have kind of considered this sort of thing before in some ways there is a little bit of a pattern uh, in terms of the people that I've chosen in the past. You know, this is the first person I've been married to, but you know, with previous serious relationships, I tend to go for, people that need like rescuing i guess oh that sounds really um don't don't be embarrassed big, i mean big, I big headed of me but you know you know this people very who common. very common yeah maybe i mean he particularly didn't have the greatest of childhood you know not the most stable of families and i do i you know i've got a really loving supportive family and i guess in some ways i felt you know i could help him so, I mean, that's a bit of a pattern, but I don't, I can't think that that comes from anything I experienced. I think it's just, you know, I am a, I am a person who likes to help people and who likes to be there for people. And Right. At what expense, though? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. okay, let's... let's and, and that probably is a very similar behavior shown by my mum. My mum, I wouldn't go so far as to call her a doormat, but she definitely bends over backwards for people. Yeah. And, and you're bringing up something that I just want to highlight, obviously, to you, but then everyone else listening to this. And that is, I think when we think of inner child work, it's like, oh, well, I didn't experience trauma or my childhood was fine compared to maybe some other stories that you've heard either on this podcast or elsewhere. Everyone is affected by inner child stuff, inner child wounding, um, because everyone, as far as I know, was raised by humans. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, if you weren't, then I, I don't have to tell you. Um, but I'm pretty sure everyone here is raised by humans, which means that they're imperfect. That's that's just the nature of being a human being. Right. And so I have no doubt that you have a loving, supportive family. And that, you know, overall, you would probably classify your childhood as, as good as happy, uh-huh. maybe. Um, yeah. That doesn't mean that there wasn't some patterns that you picked up on that just, you know, might have worked for you then or, or didn't even think of anything of it then. But now they're just not working for you anymore. And the people pleasing and the caretaking is, you know, one of those things that's just it's not working for you. And I don't know if you saw your mom, you know, feel more confident or worthy or happy or whatever, if she was bending over backwards, or if you picked up on some of those things yourself and did that either for siblings or your parents or teachers or friends where you, you know, kind of bent over backwards for them in order to feel included, like you belong, loved, popular, good enough, whatever it is. But I'm not like criticizing you for this. This is just what you knew and you only know what you know. And now there's just some inner child work to do so that you don't repeat this pattern in the future. And this is where your ex comes in because your ex was a soulmate for you for the time in which you were with him. And maybe this was his purpose or that relationship's purpose, I should say, you know, to wake you up to this pattern. What's coming up for you? 
I'm thinking I wish it didn't take 12 years to learn that lesson. That's the part we have to let go of. Yeah. Yeah. So all the anger, all the sadness, I, I can't emphasize enough how important it is just to let yourself feel it. Logicing, that's not really a word, but <laughs> rationalizing <laughs> your, there, there we go. Rationalizing yourself out of this, like, oh, he was this or he was that, or this is why it wouldn't work. I think there actually is a time and place for that. And that is actually an exercise I do give clients, like write down 50 reasons why this person wasn't the right person for you. And that can help you kind of snap out when you do go down that old path or that familiar path. Mm-hmm. Um, but that can't happen first. Because what, hap- what needs to happen first is to address the feelings that you're feeling. And this is not giving him more time. This is not giving the relationship more time. This is not you staying stuck. This is you just processing what you feel. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I have been doing that for a year. You know, I, I don't find it particularly hard to, you know, talk to people about this and mm-hmm. cry. And, you know, sometimes I think I overthink it definitely doesn't get me like it used to but I you know it does it does still upset me um you know it was it was a big deal it was a big part of my life and and I think that's why I find it so hard to process the fact that for him he was able to literally a matter of days it was less than a week that he met this new person uh and less than two months that they moved in so you know it wasn't just a quick rebound fling. It was a full on relationship that they're still in now. Yeah. And I just, so you know, that's the part it, where, so I, I, I have no doubt that you're, you know, you haven't been feeling your feelings. I'm sure you've been feeling your feelings a lot. And sometimes when I do tell people like, I, that's all I do. And I encourage you to look at how you're processing your feelings because there's a difference between feeling your feelings and stewing. There's a difference between feeling your feelings and having kind of like a pity party. And there's a difference between feeling your feelings and like going into like remorse or like, why did I do that? Or why did I do this? Or why did it last for so long? Or why did it have to last for so long? Even if you're not like blaming yourself specifically. It's really just more of like, I feel really angry. I feel really sad. I feel really whatever. And then just allowing yourself to, to feel that and feel the disappointment, feel the frustration, feel all of those things but no mm-hmm. pity party, no whys, like, why is this happening to me? Why, why, why? And, and no, like, you can be angry at him for sure, but no, like, why did he move on? Or why did he, again, that's more of like the why question. That's more of the, mm-hmm. that's more of the pity party. And that keeps you stuck. That is just like the emotional equivalent of, you know, big in a deep hole that makes it hard to get out of. I would really just let go of how are you going to move forward? How are you going to date again? I'm not saying you can't date anytime in the near future. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying like, I think you're stressing yourself out by trying to figure that out when really like there's just more hurt. And I know it feels like it's been a year, but it's been a year and you're with him for 12 years. He's the father of your children. And you all had a very different dynamic. You had a very different role that you were playing in the relationship, you were the, essentially the caretaker. And so you had a little bit more to lose emotionally than he did. Cause he wasn't emotionally capable to be really in it. Yeah. That makes sense. And so it's going to take you a little longer and he's on his own path. And this is the part where it's hard because you want closure, you want understanding, you want like all of the answers to those questions, but closure is just an illusion. If you are looking for closure and this is not like step one, this is like, I don't know what step, step five. Mm. (laughs) Um, You can get to a place of soul closure where you can really look at that relationship and say, this relationship woke me up to my own healing, to my own transformation. I do think you can get a lot of closure from that but it does not revolve around a conversation with him. It does not revolve around getting any answers because those answers to those questions are never really going to be good enough because you can always Mm -hmm. still ask, but why? Yeah. That's coming up. Yeah. I mean, I I think, I think I'm definitely at that. I went for a long time. I wanted to understand, you know, why I wasn't important enough to him. You know, what was so special about this new person, you know, that, that he felt that she was worth, you know, the kind of 
not disrespect that's so but but you know his lack of need to even grieve for our relationship and I think I am at the stage now where you know this need for closure I think I don't feel that strongly anymore but I definitely think I'm at the stage where I regret our relationship I re- like I rue the day that I met him you know which I don't want to I want to be able to look back with nice memories and, you know, he is the father of my children. We did have happy times. And I I don't want to be in a place where I regret the whole thing. Okay. Um, I'm going to, I want to do two things. One, I just want to ask a simple question. Imagine 20 years from now and you really healed a lot of this people pleasing, caretaking, rescuing, and you're in this really wonderful relationship and it feels equal. You feel like I'm an equal partner. You can have open and honest communication. There's trust. There's emotional availability between the two of you, all that kind of stuff. Imagining that out, you know, five years, 10 years, however, it doesn't matter how many years from now, would it have all been worth it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's possible. That's possible for anybody who wants it. Okay. Yeah. So here's what I want you to do. Go ahead and close your eyes for me. And um, go ahead and place, if you have a hand, if not, it's fine. Um, Place one hand over your heart. And I just want you to see, bring into your mind's eye a version of yourself in the relationship. So it can be the version of you that met him, the version of you that agreed to marry him, the version of you that stayed those last four or five years, whatever version, doesn't matter. And I want you to look at her. And I want you to see how she is trying to either make this relationship work or she's trying to, you know, do what she thinks she's supposed to do or even what she wants to do, which is, you know, start a family, be in a partnership. And she just knows what she knows. She's doing the best she can with the tools and resources she has available. She may not be consciously aware that her people pleasing or rescuing patterns are a problem. She might believe or think that that's how you get love. That's how you feel good enough or worthy enough to be able to help people. Maybe a part of her believes that's how people stay. If they need you, they won't leave you. Whatever the misunderstandings that she had, she, she, she was doing the best she could. She only knows she knows. So I want you to just see that. I want you to feel that for her as you look at her. And then I want you to just send her some forgiveness, not for the actions or the quote unquote mistakes. We're not, we're not looking at that, but forgiving for her misunderstanding that you were, that you feel good enough by caring for others or bending over backwards for others or whatever the beliefs were that led to the relationship or led to prolonging the relationship. You're forgiving her for those misunderstandings. And just notice what that feels like. Notice if there's any shifts in your body or your breathing. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. How was that? Yeah, hard, I guess. It feels like feels like it's a different person it's like not like looking back at a version of me it feels like it's a completely different person that I'm connecting with yeah so this is your growth edge this is what I want you to focus on just like how you know if you listen to my other episodes where you know I might guide you know the person on the podcast to connect with their five-year-old self or whatever age self you can do the same exact kind of thing with an adult version of yourself. And I find this to be really important, especially when we're looking at ourselves in previous relationships that we regret or can't seem to shake for whatever reason. Because when, like, I know she seems like a different person, but at the same time, she still is you. Yeah. And so that tells me that that's probably how you're treating yourself on the inside, especially with this question of how do I even begin dating again? Because ultimately you're like, she doesn't know anything. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. 
Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. How is she supposed to do mm-hmm. anything? She can't date. And what I want you to be able to do is look at that previous version of yourself and say, she just didn't know about, you know, some things around boundaries that I know now, or she didn't know some things around communication or people pleasing or whatever. And that's okay. We're not, we're not like making it a bad thing or judging. We're just, it's like you're being a neutral observer. It's like you're watching a study or focus group and you're through that like one sided window or whatever. You're just writing some notes like, oh yeah, this is how she was behaving. And this is why. Yeah. And then from there, you can have a much more um, compassionate view of her. And that will in turn help you have a more compassionate relationship with yourself. And you can use that for when you do decide to go date again. So that you can trust yourself. Like, is this person available? Am I finding myself going back to that old pattern of wanting to bend over backwards so that this person likes me back? You know, and then and that's another conversation around what to do if you do notice yourself doing that. But like again, that's like three bridges from now, five bridges, I don't know. <laughs> a number of bridges in front of us. Yeah. Right now, your big task is getting all of your emotion out without the without the pity, without the why, 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 and then really focus on building that relationship with her. Just like you would for your inner five year old if you were doing inner child work. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts or questions for me? Yeah. So, I mean, you just said then, you know, focus on getting your emotion out. It, like, is there an end to it? I mean, part of me had almost come to terms with the fact that I was just going to have this sadness forever. Do you think, do you think that's right? Or do you think it's possible to just eventually get past it? I think when people don't get past a relationship is because they ultimately don't forgive themselves. And they don't ultimately find the soul lessons of the relationship. I do think some people can be sad and mad about something ending for a really, really long time. I don't know about forever, but certainly a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that happens when they don't really address the anger and when they don't look at the soul lessons. Like, what were the reasons that I... I don't like to say, I, I'm going to say it, but I have some caveats. Like what is the reasons that I attract this relationship? I don't mean in the sense of like that it's your fault, but I mean like mm-hmm. what were your behavioral patterns that work so well with his behavioral patterns that caused the relationship in some ways to work really well, but not exactly in the way you wanted it to, yeah. right? And the classic combo is people pleasers and narcissists or people with narcissistic tendencies. Because it just works so well when you think about it. You know what I mean? Like you pleasers are like, yeah, sure. I'll do anything for you. And narcissists are like, great. That sounds awesome. Just what I want. Right. And it's not exactly what you want, but it works really well. And so when you can get really clear on like, oh, this is what created that dynamic, or this is what created that hot, cold or push pull, or again, whatever the pattern was. And then you can begin to heal from that, learn from that, look at your core wounds, because you were probably just playing out some deeper stuff, especially since you said this has been a pattern for you a number of times. And part of that is feeling the sadness and the anger because, you know, when there's a loss, no matter what kind of loss we're talking about, there's always going to be some grief and emotions. If you do that, you're not going to stay stuck. I know it can feel like that, but you're not. Now, if you, again, if you stay in that like, why, oh, why, if you stay in that resentment, I don't know about forever, but yes, that can last a really long time. Does that help? Yeah. I yeah. promise you when you, when you, I, I've coached. I don't know how many clients, hundreds of clients through this. Like when you just go into the emotion head on, it is never as bad as it seems. It's a lot more work energetically to like resist it or logic your way out of it. It's just mm-hmm. way more power. 
Yeah. Way more power. Yeah. Um, I think part of, part of it is I don't want to feel angry. You know, I still have to maintain contact with him for the sake of the kids and stuff. I don't want to feel bitterness because I just, well, I don't, I don't want that in my life. I don't want negative emotions. So I guess. Okay. Let me pause you. Okay. Listen to my podcast. I'm just going to remind you. And if you've heard an episode where I've talked about before, anger is not a negative emotion. Yeah. That's like, that's like patriarchal stuff, law of attraction stuff. Like there's no such thing as negative and positive emotions. Now there are emotions you might want to feel more than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, if you're feeling angry, you can, you can decide not to feel it, but the anger is still there. That's yeah. when resentment builds. That's when bitterness builds. Bitterness and resentment are just stale anger. And mm-hmm. I would say that the fact that you have to have contact with him because you have children together is all the more reason to do your anger work. Mm-hmm. Because then you're just working through it. And then when you do have to contact him for whatever things, you're you're much less likely to get triggered or, you know, act poorly towards him, which can then create a whole thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's even more reason to do your anger work. Anger work is it's um it's alchemical. It's transformative. It's one of the most powerful emotions and that, that and grief. And there are the two feelings that nobody wants to feel, but like, yeah, it doesn't make you a bad person. It's not negative energy. If anything, it energetically cleans you up and think about like, you know, think about like any political movement. I don't care what side it's on, what it's about, or even what part of the world we're talking about. Every political movement comes from anger. And so no one started some huge political movement because they're like, wow, everything's so great. I'm so happy. Let's start a big protest of it. Like, no, that's just not how it works. So anger on a collective level, we can see how it can be super transformative for a society. And the same thing is true on an individual level, because if you're like, actually, that was really messed up the way he treated me, the way he used to disregard my feelings and the way he used to kind of like gaslight me a little bit, like that's actually really messed up. I didn't feel really, do you see how it's actually empowering? Versus mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't want to feel anger. It's so it's so negative or it's exhausting or da 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 da. Do you see that's actually disempowering? Because it disempowers like how you feel, and it disempowers like or it lessens like the experience that you had, which was not great. And when you're yeah. more comfortable with your anger, then in the future, when you're in a relationship or dating, and someone does something to piss you off, you're like, hey, dude, that's not cool. And you can either walk away more easily because you're used to that more empowered feeling, or you can set the boundary and say, that's not cool. We're not going to do that again or whatever. Yeah. You're not necessarily say it like that, but you know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't be afraid of anger. I mean, I won't tell you not how to feel, but try to embrace anger. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the most healing things. Like if you want to heal this, you've got to go into your anger. Like it's, it's just that straightforward in my opinion. Yeah. And I think that that is something that I've definitely tried to resist. So that's a good, good takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just like part of detoxing from like law of attraction, detoxing from patriarchal stuff, because like girls can't be angry. And then you grow up to be a woman like, oh, it's bad to be angry. And it's like, no, it's not. It's not. Mm -hmm. You were wronged. And so you're allowed to feel angry. He went off and started dating someone less than a week after you guys broke up. You're allowed to be angry. Give yourself validation to that. Allow yourself yeah. to feel anger. It's not going to last forever. I promise you. I rarely can predict the future, but I can tell you it's not going to last forever. <laughs> it's just not. Okay. Yeah. Was helpful? Yes. Yeah. Right. Definitely. If you like what you hear in these kinds of episodes, imagine what we could do if it was just you and me working together over many months. Listen, I know what it's like to feel stuck and hopeless in your love life. I remember throwing everything in my love life in the hopes that something will stick and I'd finally catch a break. It wasn't until I stopped changing up my profile for the millionth time or telling myself that next time will be different from the millionth time that things actually start to shift for me. In order to find deep love, you've got to do the deep work. And through my own experience of crappy dating, helping hundreds of women before you and my expertise in inner child work, I can help you make the inner shifts you need to get the outer shifts you want. When you work with me, we dig into your past relationships, your childhood, and deep-rooted beliefs so we can unravel your relationship patterns and get you into the deep love you want to be in. It doesn't matter if you've done this kind of work for years and haven't figured it out yet, or you're newer in the personal growth space. What matters is that you're done with being where you are now and you're ready to invest time, money, and energy into dramatically up-leveling your love life. 
If that sounds like what you want, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can see if one-on-one coaching is right for you. I've got limited spots available, so please don't put this off if this is something that you want this year. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to schedule your call. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Talk soon. And in the meantime, let's get back to the episode. Thank you so much, Sophie, for coming onto the show. I really appreciate your question. And I want to acknowledge that this is a tender and sensitive area for you in your life. And so I know that it took courage and strength and vulnerability to be here. And I really appreciate that. And by the way, if you are listening to this episode and you would like to be coached by me for free, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast And you can scroll to the bottom of the page and there you can sign up to be coached by me on this show for free. I am recording new episodes for the podcast in January, 2023. I released this episode in December, 2022. So you've got a little bit of time. Um, However, spots are limited. If you're listening to this episode and not anywhere close to January, 2023 or December, 2022, that's fine. You can still go to the same link. And if I am currently accepting people to be coached on the show, then once you fill out the form, it'll automatically redirect you to my calendar and there'll be slots available. And if I am not currently accepting people on to the show because I don't have space that'll just add you to the wait list and I will reach out when I am recording these episodes. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast is the place to get the ball rolling on that. Okay. So I want to start this episode breakdown with the last question that Sophie asked me, and I really appreciated this question. She asked me, will I be a sad person forever? And I answered this question, obviously, for her, but I just want to reiterate that I truly, truly believe that the answer is no. I do think that some people never move on after a breakup, but I don't think it's because that person they were with was actually their soulmate and they found someone else and now they're in this tragic situation. Like, I don't think that is true. I don't think that is real. I know it can very much feel like that sometimes, but I think the reason why people don't move on from breakups is because they don't do that second part of getting over an ex. And I'm going to talk about that in the rest of the episode today. Um, But before we get there, I just want to say that engaging with your difficult emotions is a really important part of moving on from an ex and really just for healing and growing in general. One of the first things that I do with new clients is we talk about the anger that they may have towards exes, towards their parents, towards society, towards tender, towards whoever and whatever, right? Because when you hold these big emotions, whether it's anger or sadness or anxiety or whatever, and you would rather them not be there, I understand that preference. But when you pretend they're not there or you suppress them or you act as if they're not there, the truth is, is that they're still freaking there and you have to do something about it because when you don't do something about it, that's when you actually give them power. And this is when I think people do stay sad or stuck on someone or something for a really, really long time. So feeling your feelings, I know it's one of those things where it's like the first step is a doozy, right? But once you get in there, you will be surprised at how quickly and how much the emotions lessen. I'm not saying that like you're not going to feel sad like that, but it's not as scary as it sounds. It takes way more effort and energy, both physically and emotionally and mentally to suppress emotions than it takes to actually just be there. When you suppress the emotion, that's when you actually give it more and more power because then you're really literally making choices about what to do or what not to do all in service of this emotion that you don't want to feel. So who really has, or what really has the power there, right? Just by engaging the emotion, I know it can feel like a lot, and this is where you might want to work with someone who can help you, you know, hold your hand through this and help you through this. But when you feel the emotion and you allow it to do what it needs to do and take up the space that it needs to take up, it will gradually dissipate, right? And the other thing is that if you do feel angry or sad or anxious, or again, whatever that bad emotion is, that is a part of you. A part of you is who is feeling sad or anxious or angry, or again, whatever it is. And so when you ignore that, you're ultimately self-abandoning. And I've talked a lot about self-abandonment on the show before. If you feel alone or um, 
unfulfilled or lonely, a lot of times it's just because we've simply abandoned ourselves. But if there's a part of you that feels sad or angry or anxious, or again, whatever it is, that part of you needs something, right? And that part of you might be part of your inner child. It might be a different part of you. And, and you know, that's, that's inner work to, you know, you can do to figure that out. But that part of you, regardless, needs something. And when you learn how to tend to that part of you, that's when you begin to truly heal. Now, you might be thinking, but Veronica, I felt nothing but sadness since this person left me or since this relationship broke down or whatever it is. I hear you. I think, and I said this to Sophie, but I think a lot of people engage with their emotions. I don't want to say the wrong way because I generally don't like to coach in this is the right way. This is the wrong way. But I will just say that there's helpful ways to engage with your emotions and there's less helpful ways. So less helpful ways is like, oh my God, I don't want to feel sad. I'm so tired of feeling like this. Why do I feel like this? Oh, why does this always happen to me? And then you just kind of wallow in it, right? I think that's how a lot of people do deal with their sadness, especially even in the acute phase of going through a breakup. Another way to engage with your emotions, difficult emotions, is just to be like this. This really, this really hurts. This is really sad. I feel really sad. Oh, I can feel the sadness in my chest. And I'm just going to send out a little bit of breath. I'm going to ask that part of me what she needs. Okay. Can you see the difference? Right? You can see how one might not be super helpful and you can stay there for a really, really long time. And then you can see how the second way that I engaged with sadness is it can be really healing, right? It can be a really, you know, beautiful experience to engage with yourself in that way. And this just really creates like a whole domino effect, right? Because like if you're wallowing, you don't want to feel the sadness anymore, then like presumably you don't want to be in a situation in the future that would make you feel these things more right? And so then it makes it really, really hard to trust other people. It makes it really hard to trust yourself because you're like, oh, what do I make the same mistake again? Right? So there's just this domino effect that can come out of how you engage with your big emotions. Okay, so now I want to talk about the second part or second phase of getting over an ex. I've said throughout this episode that the first phase of getting over an ex is simply feeling the feelings. Ideally, you're feeling the feelings in the second way that I just demonstrated as opposed to the first it's usually a little bit quicker or a lot quicker and generally a lot less painful. Okay. But the second phase, once you're in the second phase, you're over those acute emotions. You're not really interested in getting back together with this person. There might still be some more hurt, some more pain, some more frustration, you know, so it's not like you're going to feel nothing over this person or this relationship, but it doesn't feel as acute anymore. It's not as consuming anymore. Okay, so the first thing that you want to do is you want to begin to look for how your core wounds might have played out in the relationship. I call these your soul lessons. So there's two ways to look at this. Either one, why did you attract each other? Or two, why did you continue to stay in the relationship even beyond seeing red flags or knowing that something wasn't quite right? Now, I know some of you all have maybe have felt completely blindsided in a breakup. And if that's the case, you might notice some signs in hindsight, right? Because they say hindsight's 2020. But if that doesn't feel true to you, or like that resonates with you, then what you'd want to do is just look at simply why you attracted each other. And I don't mean like, why you attract each other? Oh, well, you know, this, this person was my neighbor. And so we just saw each other all the time. Then we started dating, it just kind of happened. I'm not looking for that kind of reason. I'm looking for what was it about your patterning or your beliefs that made this other person, at least for that moment in time, like the perfect match for you, right? Like if you have a tendency, you know, to be kind of a pushover or to be overly accommodating or to be a people pleaser or, you know, something along those lines, and you know that your ex, you know, was more controlling or had some narcissistic tendency or something like that, like obviously that's not a match that is good for anyone or a match that you want to be in, but you can certainly see how those dynamics would attract each other and play out really, really well. Again, not necessarily in the way that you want to be involved with, but they certainly do play out well, right? So you want to look for answers like this. 
And ultimately what you want to do is you want to get to a place where you can forgive yourself and specifically forgive the version of yourself that was in that relationship. Because what ends up happening is we say things like, oh, I was so naive or I was so dumb. Why did I stay in this relationship for so long? Or why didn't I see the signs? Or why did I put up with that? Or why didn't I do this? Or why didn't I do that? And what you really have to get at is beating yourself up like that. It actually perpetuates the uncomfortable emotions, the sadness stage or whatever other emotions you might be feeling. And also it erodes your ability to trust yourself. Because if you fundamentally believe that you're dumb or naive or did something wrong or are just stupid or whatever it is, how on earth do you think you'll be able to trust yourself to make a judgment call on a future date? It'd be really hard. It would be like me being in your ear being like, really? That person you're going to swipe right on? Like, really? Oh, come on. I see all the red flags like right there. How do you not see them? (laughs) You would go crazy, right? If I was in your ear talking to you like that. But the truth is, is that you're probably talking to yourself like that, but much, much worse. And so I don't really believe in like finding gratitude for the relationship or gratitude for your ex. Look, if that resonates with you, then by all means, knock yourself out. But I do want you to get to a place where you feel at peace with yourself for making the choices that you did because you were doing the best you could. So let's say, for example, during this process of uncovering your soul lessons, maybe you realize that, oh, shoot, when I was growing up, I had to walk on eggshells. I was overly accommodating to my mom, so I wouldn't set off her temper. This is just an example, right? And you learned that if you could be overly accommodating, you got some good moments with your mom, or at least at the very least, some peace, right? She wasn't yelling or telling you that you're doing everything wrong or whatever it was. So you learn to get love like that, right? And so when you're an adult in a relationship and you're trying to create peace in your relationship and not have the Maddie or fighting or whatever it is, you might just be overly accommodating. You might not really want to say what your boundaries are or what you need or what you feel or what you think or whatever it is, because that doesn't feel comfortable to you. That doesn't feel safe for you. And so it's not fair for your present day self to just berate that version of you that was in that relationship for doing the only thing she knew how at the time, right? She might've believed or thought consciously or unconsciously that she has to be like this in order to get this person to love her back or to feel good enough or to feel worthy or to feel chosen or whatever that feeling was that she was going after. Only when you can get to this place can you finally begin to think about dating again from a place of like, okay, you know, this date or this relationship may not go the way I want it to go, but I trust myself to figure it out and to navigate it and to make the self-honoring choices. And you're not going to be perfect because nobody is. You have to let go of that. And I understand that's a whole thing. But this is the second part of getting over an ex. And it's the part of getting over an ex that I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's talked about enough. You know, getting back on the apps or getting under someone else to get over some, you know, to get over your ex, like not a thing. Yes. Is it a distraction? Sure. Is it fun? Perhaps, <laughs> but it's not really serving you in the long run. I really do believe breakups can be breakthroughs and not like in a super cheesy, like, oh, I have so much gratitude for my ex, even though he was totally emotionally abusive to me. I'm not telling you to get into that place, but I do want you to get into a place where you feel at peace and where you can really look at that version of you with so much compassion, so much love, so much empathy, and really, really see and trust and believe that she was doing the best she could with the tools that she had at the time. Now you know more next time you do better. Not going to be perfect, but you will do better. All right. Listen, doing this work, like I say this a lot, it's not rocket science and that it's complicated, but it helps to have someone guide you through this because it can be a lot to unpack. It can be a lot to feel your feelings all alone. And, you know, you're really close up to your life. And so it's really helpful to have an outside perspective and say, well, what about this? Or have you looked at it from this perspective? Or have you thought about it in this way? And this is a lot of the work that I do with clients. I spend a lot of time with clients very often in the second phase of getting over an ex. And so if you can relate to Sophie and this question and the situation that she is in, or you know that there's some deeper work to do around really truly getting past your ex, and it's not just about getting under someone else or getting back out there or whatever it is, I would love to to work with you. I love doing this work. I'm super passionate about this specific work in getting over an ex. 
And by the way, this can apply like if your breakup was six months ago or six years ago, if you don't do the second part of getting over an ex, I do think that, you know, this the feeling like you're not over this person, not quite past the person the way you want it to be. I do think that can go on. I don't know, indefinitely, for sure. I've worked with clients that had a relationship and years prior, and it wasn't even that serious. But there was something about that relationship that really bumped up against the core wound. And until they do that work, were they not going to be able to move past the ex in the way that they wanted to. So if you're feeling stuck on someone, even if you know you don't want to get back together with that person, even if you know that person's not right for you, I would love to chat with you about doing some inner child work together in my coaching. So to get started with the next step is to head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. There, there's some testimonials and success stories that you can read from previous clients. And there's also a form for you to fill out. You simply fill out that form and that form will forward you then to my calendar. And there you can book your 30 minute spot. And this is just an opportunity for us to get to know each other so that you can make sure that this is a good fit for you. And also I can make sure that you're a good fit for the kind of work that I do with clients. So again, the link is veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Um, now this episode, I'm releasing it in early December. So this would likely mean a January start date, but just depending on how quickly we can get things going. Um, and if you really wanted to get things going, we could ha- potentially have our deep dive before we break for the holidays. And that could actually be really great because then we could get a lot of the work done and you can have those two weeks for the holidays to let things integrate and marinate and kind of do their work. And then once we get back together in January, you can really hit the hit the ground running, or we might just start in January, depending on our schedules. But regardless of when you're listening to this episode, and regardless of when you, you know, are interested in working together, I take clients on um, a rolling basis. And so depending on when you reach out to me, I might have spots available that month, or you might have to wait a month or even two months, just depending on what the load is. So I always recommend if you are interested to just get the ball rolling, so that, you know, I don't want you to reach out and you're like, I want to work with you now, but then like, there's nothing available for, for two months. Um, so I always recommend getting the ball rolling. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching is the place to go. And I will see you next week for one of the most common questions that I get. And I'm really excited to talk it through with you. If you've got it all but love, you're ready to up-level your love life, and the work we did in this episode resonates, I want you to strongly consider working with me one-on-one. You'll never hear me say, you just got to get out there more, or you got to love yourself more. Working together is your opportunity for me to guide you in doing the deep work so you can transform your love life from the inside out. I actually don't care what app you're on or what your texting game is like or how many dates a month you go on. I care about doing the deep work so you can attract a deep love. I meet you right where you are, hold your hand and hold you accountable throughout the process. So if you're looping or feeling stuck in your patterns and can psychoanalyze yourself to death, I can get you to where you want to go. If you're serious about finding love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest time and money into yourself, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can explore if working together is the next right step for you. You can learn more and schedule your consult at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find them in the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and rate and review wherever you listen. It really helps me to grow the show. Thank you so much in advance. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.